0: good day everyone and welcome to episode 11 of double jump radio the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. i'm your host abir and this week i'm joined again by ed ed how you doing buddy hi everyone i'm great i'm fantastic a bit tired after after
1: a very long stream date yesterday I streamed, four hours stream. maybe four and a half hours five hours well, I defeated Hell House, I took revenge on that bloody house, and now I'm here and I'm, I'm back in action. I'm back for some podcast action. Thank you so much for having me.
0: For folks at home who don't know, who didn't catch the stream, or aren't familiar with Final Fantasy VII's remake, essentially, Ed took on... Spoilers. What should I say? Like a personified ha- like carnival house that tried to kill you? An Aerith?
1: So, like, <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven explains it as... A house that is the manifestation of literally everything that's evil and it's insane it's, it's it's ridiculous and it took me three hours on like hard mode just to make it through because of like so many bullshit mechanics but it was a really good time and
0: many thanks to everyone who's uh, who's joining and was active in, in chat that was a lot of fun and and also the the night before with lux and uh sorry lucas and amelia making her debut alongside him uh, on, on Saturday's Jackbox mm. stream. That was a lot of fun as well. Even Jake got involved in that, and he I think he realized how bad we are on stream.
1: Yeah, yeah. but that, that was a super special stream because it was it was not only... It was Emilia's first Jackbox streams, and it was her second after the viewing on Friday with Final Fantasy XIV, because on Friday, uh, Lucas, Amelia and myself, we did our premiere, our first uh, Final Fantasy XIV stream. We're trying to get a free company going, but we just like did some raids, we just hung out for a sec it was so so fun and then saturday was amazing yeah we had we had i think our like uh, top view account yet which we were thrilled to have and just like on yeah on, on all fronts in terms of like streaming i'm so excited to like see our numbers go up see more people come and chat it's really so fun to be part of like a vibrant streaming community i'm, I'm thrilled to to be streaming
0: every week i'm just glad that you know people who are finding us enjoying what we're doing and coming back and coming back for multiple streams which is awesome
1: yeah like i've noticed we have we're starting to we start to have regulars people who like just tune in (laughs) to every single stream regardless of what we do and i'm so grateful for their support so grateful for like them being there you know like and i feel like you know it's weird because it's a it's a parasocial relationship but i feel so close to these people like you know like shout out to cry the marshall fictitious satin seed People who I've seen like in the past few, in the past week just like come to uh, literally every single one of our streams and just you know hanging out with us. So I'm I'm really grateful.
0: That's what we want, and that and we love seeing that. It means that we've created a place where people feel safe and feel like having a laugh and mm-hmm. and, and not have to worry about worry about what bad, I mean, we're, bad, thinking. Bad. You know, we're just we're just like a wholesome wholesome awesome place to be in. You know that's that that's I think that's all we can really hope for. Here at double job.
1: Absolutely, and we we shouldn't move forward without mentioning your singing a bit. Ah. and what what do you
0: plan to do with that? <laughs> That's the thing. So, was it? It was it was uh, at the end of the Apex Legends stream last Wednesday. Uh huh. I don't know how it started, but someone reminded me about that Twitch sings exists. So while we were talking about it, I was there in the background downloading Twitch sings and setting it up. and we just had a little bit of fun. What what was it? We. I tried to sing Hakuna Matata, but then I didn't know the song well enough. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fail. Uh, and then I I tried to rap Baby Got Back, and that was that was hilarious. Um, and I think that's when my wife woke up in the next room. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> she was not happy the next day. But and then after <laughs> that we finished it off with some Franz Ferdinand. That that was that was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Uh, I love the character creator in that in that game. That's just. No, well, that was, I think we had a lot of fun just mucking around with that. But yeah, so yeah. we'll see how we go. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Twitch has announced that it's shutting down Twitch Sings in January. But if it's any consolation, mm-hmm. it's released all the backlog of songs for everyone to enjoy. So there's like 400 plus new songs now there. So that, that we've got to That's definitely cool. take advantage of that while we can. So this week we're probably going to do a, a Destiny Raid stream because we've got a full crew. Okay. But maybe the week after we'll do something with Twitch Sings
1: Sweet. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good.
0: But Ed, yes, you're a Spider-Man fan. Very much so. Yeah. You've got some news for everyone at home. Yeah. So
1: um, everyone, in episode nine, I made a revelation that I've not seen Venom. <laughs> you know, like I kind of dismissed when it came out as being like you know just like a Sony property, Sony project. I'm not that interested. I liked Tom Hardy just enough, but not enough to see uh, an entire film, and I like Chris Ahmed uh, a lot as well. But I was just like, yeah, it's, eh. I don't, I don't want to see it. The film finally came out on Netflix. At least in the UK, not sure about anywhere else, but the UK it did. So I watched it this weekend. And it's a <laughs> it's it's such a weird ass movie. Like it's been such a long time since I saw like such a weird, weird movie. And it's just it's not great. I'm I'm gonna say this. It's like a five out of ten, personally. But like it's a five out of ten I oddly like recommend. It's like it's not one of those films that you watch because you're like oh the, the, you know the writing is good like the acting the the acting is particularly well done tom hardy is great he's, he's just like a, a great person he's very personable i think he really carries his that movie on the shoulder but like my one take is that the venom symbiote is like mentally like 12 it's so weird to me like, growing hmm. up with like reading the spider-man comics and you know the venom comics and seeing all of these other depictions venom like was just always this like monster-like yeah. entity, you know, like... Kind of overwhelms the host. Yeah, overwhelms the host, like, takes over. And here, he's just like a pet dog, in a sense. But he's just like, FOOD! Eddie, give me food! And it's just like... Yeah. I don't know, like, he's mentally, like, 12. He's like, he's like a child. He's like... Imagine Shazam. But, like, this is, like, Shazam in the reverse. Mm. <laughs> right like you you go from being like Maz-ash. whatever like Tom Hardy <laughs> Eddie Brooks like ages in the movie you go back to reverting in the in, 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 in little kid. just weird ass movie
0: I could see like the problem that Sony kind of had with the movie was that because it it's not officially a Marvel Cinematic Universe film in the way that it's got the cachet to get away with running a longer runtime. so I think it really suffered by the fact that it was trying to stay within the two hours so uh, I found that it kind of rushed the whole relationship between Eddie and, and the symbiote if that makes sense that that was the kind of the thing I, mm-hmm. I like I enjoyed yeah. it it was dumb like it had some cool action scenes and stuff but it was just kind of rushed I did like kind of the yeah, the moments of clarity or the maturity in terms of the Venom symbiote pointing out flaws in Eddie Brock's character Mm-hmm. That I think I I would I would have appreciated if there was more of that yeah. rather than the kind of childish depiction of the Venom symbiote. Especially because Did you find it strange that like the Venom Symbiote was kind of like it was the how should I put it, like the runt of the litter according to the symbiote hierarchy? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was
1: just about to mention this. Like he has a he has a line where he's like Oh yeah, Eddie. I start. I started to like you, and you're right because like the symbiote just like flips a switch, and he's like, "Okay, now I'm not gonna destroy your world. I'm, I like you now." But like he says something like, "Oh, Eddie, I like you because you're a you're a loser, just like me." And I'm like, "Whoa, no! Like Venom is not a loser. At least, yeah. Like I never saw the symbiote as a loser, and then." I never like thought like of like a a symbiote hierarchy where like oh like riot the villain is just like this leader character and then venom is just like oh this 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 loser who's just like somehow like made it to earth but like hates his his home planet i
0: don't know just like i was super weirded out by that maybe it was designed to make sense in the fact that it's trying to create that fantasy of like oh you know even you you that you may not have the power to fight against the bullies but you've got the yeah you know you've got the guts but you don't have the the, the fighting power and let me empower you it's kind of like mm. that fantasy that a lot of people have maybe mm. i think uh, i'm sure a lot of comic books have yeah. that thread yeah right, throughout them, right. so maybe that actually is very accurate to some part of the comics universe
1: well i mean it, it kind of feels to me like the message of the entire movie is like fight the establishment like venom this symbiote fights like the establishment on his home planet and then like eddie brock fights you know like you know mass media as a whole eddie brock is like this news reporter and then riz ahmed who by the way is super good in this in this movie like i think I, as an actor i really like him and both he and tom hardy do like a really good job but the script kind of fails them but anyway um yeah so like riz, riz ahmed is just like this this corporate billionaire which i think like is like as a villain interesting premise yeah. behind 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 him like i really like his like motivation he's like i want to bond with a symbiote to like evolve humanity and then make it so that we can survive in outer space i think i think that's i think that's a good point I think, yeah I, I like that a lot but i don't know my uh, my final thought on the movie is that i think Woody yeah. harrelson as they is a weird pick i think Clester's cassidy yeah for yeah. me should like be like a younger actor playing playing him and there's so much uh you know uh, so many actors on on under rise I don't have in, any name in particular maybe
0: they could have brought back dane DeHaan, who was the new the new green goblin from uh the amazing spider-man movies like he's kind of he's like in his like middle th- mid 30s he's he, I mean, he'd be a much better s- yeah mix for it because he's i don't know he's kind of got the villain face unfortunately like I don't mean to no you know i don't want to say he's he's a bad-looking person or anything, but like he's got, a, he's got a face for villainy. No, I don't know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Kind of like Charles Dance.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like Willem Dafoe, in my mind, like who plays Green Goblin in the, in the original Spider-Man film, like the the Sam Raimi one, right? Perfect. That was
0: perfect casting. With the symbiote things, maybe they could do a twist thing where that whole Carnage kind of thing was like... They throw that at the window and it's Eddie Brock and the symbiote, Imagine the Carnage symbiote is in Spider-Man, and then Eddie Brock as Venom has to kind of get them on his side to fight another threat. That could be cool. Super cool, yes, but like... (laughs) Realistic? Probably no.
1: Legitimately, like, no chance of it happening. Like, I don't think the MC would be like, nah, get it, no. Spider-Man will just, like, make a a cameo appearance, he will just, like, fly in, like, swing by... He'll be like, cool suit! And then fly off. yeah, yeah, fly (laughs) off. Sadly, I don't think that's, you know, going to go places.
0: So that's, a, that's enough discussion about things that are spider-related. How about we talk about what was on Double Jump last week? A couple of stories came out. First was Max's Mortal Shell review. The second one was Ethan's Double Kick Heroes review. Ed, what, what, what was your pick?
1: So my pick to, to plug this time for the podcast would be Max's Mortal Shell review. So Mortal Shell has been a game that I have, I have had my eyes on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It is Souls-like. Max thinks it definitely does enough to differentiate it itself from the crowd, despite having a smaller budget and smaller development team. You know, like, his final yeah. take is that it takes the best elements uh, of the Souls-like genre and then just refines them into a, a compact game. And I'm excited to to check the, the game out. I saw some uh, some footage recently, and I've been yeah. quite impressed by what I've seen. So uh, give that give, uh, Max's review a read.
0: It seems like the, the developer played it smart by... Not necessarily stretching its resources so far that you can kind of see where the budget fell short. Like that's, I think that's where, from from Max's experience, it seems like the developer did a really good job of keeping it re- like tight. Yeah. For me, I was I I would have to go with Ethan's Double Kick Heroes review. I'm a sucker for rhythm games of any kind, and well, not since a Brutal Legend has oh, someone right. try to incorporate metal and classic rock elements into, into a rhythm game, so... I mean, I, I could be wrong, please tell me if I am wrong. Podcast yeah, brutal, at DoubleJump.com uh, I'm trying to think Real off legend the top is of my more head. more of an
1: action-adventure game that just has, has like a lot of like metal influences more than the rhythm game, per se. Yeah.
0: Whereas this one is kind of a rhythm game based around the the heavy metal kind of uh, rhythms and, and aesthetic, which is, which is awesome. I, I think Ethan is pretty fair to say that the, the game can't really integrate play, uh, players who aren't fans of the metal genre. But I think people who are fans already would probably appreciate the fact that all the focus went to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes, I think you've got to kind of cut your losses and know, you know what, I've, I've got to focus on these people and make them happy. I can't make everyone happy, so maybe that was the right thing. Yeah. That was the right decision. So how about we move things along to discuss kind of the big news from last week for me personally the the biggest news was Nvidia's unveiling of its RTX 3000 series of cards i know that you you haven't been a PC gamer for a while now but yeah i if i put it this way that these cards are designed to be Nvidia's answer to the next generation of consoles so you know big leap in performance and mm-hmm. Pricing is pretty reasonable if you consider how much, uh, how much more powerful these cards are. Like the the, the announcement, the announcement was kind of like a, a short stream from the CEO's house in his kitchen, <laughs> which I think was a a fun fun idea for the for everyone being in an ISO. And basically, Nvidia announced three of its cards. So the RTX 3090, which kind of it like kind of sits atop the roost. It, you might think of it as a 2080 Ti equivalent, but it probably leans more towards something like a, a Titan in terms of its, its, its level of performance. Then you've got the 3080, which is kind of like the more reasonable high-end, and then you've got the 3070, which is kind of the kind of mid-to-high range card. Now, the crazy thing is that even the 3070... Which is crazy. is about as, ...is actually faster in terms of gaming performance than the RTX 2080 Ti, which is a card that retails for twice as much. That is a huge leap of perfor- huge leap in performance that we haven't really seen since like the I think the 1000 series cards a few years ago or maybe even older than that. So you don't need to be a PC gamer to understand that this is such a huge leap in technology, but it also comes at a very reasonable price like you can get yourself a 3070 that retails for about let's say about 800 or so dollars Australian. Let's see. Let me let me just uh, get yeah. So eight hundred about eight hundred nine dollars Australian gets you a thirty seventy. Eleven hundred and thirty nine dollars gets you a thirty eighty, and two thousand four hundred twenty nine dollars gets you a thirty ninety. Mm-hmm. Now the thirty eighty and thirty seventy are really the sweet spot cards for most people, and at eleven thirty nine, I believe that's actually cheaper than what I got my twenty eighty uh, last year, and that was with a special on. So, Nvidia has done a much better job. In terms of its choices, it's it's partnered with Samsung with a new eight nanometer like manufacturing process, which means that Nvidia was able to get better yield, so more car more chips were coming out. So the the investment costs, like the losses, are way lower, and it also means that the consistency of the performance seems to be much higher across the board. So maybe other manufacturers like Intel and stuff need to pay attention and see that maybe this is what you got to do. Sometimes you just got to partner with someone else and you know say this is the way we're gonna go and in the end, you know, every all the consumers, we we all benefit from it. The the other thing to keep in mind is that these cards will also kind of usher in a new slate of features for NVIDIA graphics cards owners. So there's three main features that NVIDIA announced. Number one is called NVIDIA Reflex. It's kind of like NVIDIA's of initiative to reduce overall system latency when you're playing games and they that's going to be open to not just rtx 3000 card owners but even older cards as well and the second technology is called mm-hmm. nvidia broadcast so that's actually it's a really cool piece of software that will allow um, players uh, allow kind of you know bedroom streamers to have professional quality backgrounds like green screen technology and noise cancellation without having you know a full professional studio setup so it's kind of like using the the extra tensor cores in the rtx 2000 and 3000 series to kind of do all these extra kind of computations to say you know give you a virtual green screen behind you so that you can kind of simulate having gameplay behind you or you know, being on the beach or, you know, all sorts of crazy effects and stuff without having to set up a green screen behind you and have all, you know, even lighting and things like that. And the the third feature is called NVIDIA oh, Omniverse okay. Machinima, which is basically a set of tools that will let players more closely control characters and models and, and objects in the game engine, so within a game itself, to do, like, set up scenes. And it'll actually... You can kind of do facial mapping to a certain extent as well so you can have more realistic animations when you're speaking and moving and stuff so mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy if you consider the fact that that's going to you know I I I bet this could make it even easy for someone who's sitting in their bedroom to kind of do like you know not a Hollywood level kind of flashy scene but like kind of do you know like prototyping kind of like setting up the scene storyboarding and mm-hmm. stuff for that like that would be cool and the, the last thing that NVIDIA has touched on is that it's also working, adopted the new AV1 codec which is a more efficient way of compressing video so you can still get high quality images and sound but right. without requiring so much bandwidth and so NVIDIA is actually in talks with Twitch to enable 1440p streaming at 120 mm-hmm. frames per second at roughly 8 megabits a second. So right now you're limited to 1080p at 60 yep. at about 6,000 kilobits a second or 6 megabits a second, right? And that's that's pretty good, like that's that's decent. That's that's about the you know it's just a bit more than say YouTube mm-hmm. or something like that, right? But if this is true, like you could see even higher quality streams coming out, and with these new graphics cards, they've got a new version of. NVIDIA's own video encoder, so which means that you don't have to hit your CPU to do all the video encoding You you can yeah. use some of the graphical power to handle all that Now, we haven't seen uh, Like, you know, regular streamers use the new cards yet So obviously time will tell how the actual quality will improve But NVENC has already been, you know, a, a, like a good change For people who don't have the CPUs who can handle yeah. it so this this is only going to make things better in terms of the rollout for release the rtx 3080 is meant to come out um uh, next week the rtx 3090 is following the week after and the rtx 3070 is following sometime next month now obviously this is all subject to stock availability availability nvidia seems confident in terms of supplies but you know COVID is a fickle beast and considering the fact that these cards are really well priced and are a huge improvement mm-hmm. in terms of performance not even just the 2000 series imagine having like a 10th like a 1000 series yeah. card like a 1060 or something like Lucas he's got a 1050ti he's seriously considering something like the RTX 3070 because it's right in term in the right price bracket for him and he's going to see a huge increase in his performance it's going to be ridiculous so that that that's a a lot of fun there a lot of fun Ed, do you want to tell us about what what's been happening in the world of Ubisoft
1: yes so uh, after all the N- N- Nvidia breaking news um, there's been quite some some stir uh, in, in terms of in terms of Ubisoft what Ubisoft's been doing apparently they posted a support article listing ps4 game support yep for their games but also they Uh, implicitly confirmed no PS1, PS3 support, so this is huge, if perhaps unexpected, right? Um, I think the stir in terms of like backwards compatibility happened at the PlayStation see the Future event, and even like, uh, no, more more particularly at like Mark Cerny's like GDC presentation, when everyone was like, okay, well, like, how about with backwards uh, compatibility? Because Cerny came on stage and said, hey. We have something in the the works. We're making sure that, you know, most of your, most played PS4 games will transition seamlessly to PS5. But then, if you remember the graphic, because I certainly do, Mm. um, there seems to be like some space left for for presumably like PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1. There's like a famous or I guess an infamous image of of, uh, PS5 backwards compatibility. And uh, people have been speculating, all right, okay, they're doing it. They're finally doing it.
0: Yeah, because they didn't do it with the PS4. No, definitely not, no. So, like, in
1: terms of, like... And for
0: most of the PS3 models.
1: Yeah, in terms of, like, BC, backwards compatibility, they did... the uh, PlayStation 2 had, like, the PlayStation 1, basically, hardware baked in so it could run PS1 games. And then the PS3, at its dis- disastrous launch, because it was super expensive, yeah. it came with, like, a PS2, again, like, kind of, like, baked in. It's, like, uh, in its, like,
0: still uh, processor So... Yeah, for the launch systems in America and the, in America and the UK, I believe, and in Australia, we, because we got it a year, like we got it a few months later, we got it the following year, Mm -hmm. so we got kind of the second revision where it was like, it was like partial hardware, partial software. Yeah. And then after that, it was just all like pretty much gone.
1: Yeah. So like even now, if you want to play like PS1, PS2 games on a modern system, you have to buy like a base model PS3, like the fat, the really fat, fat the chunky one. The, sp- the fat one. Yeah. With a Spider-Man. I still have mine. Yeah. I still, I still have one as well with the with a the Spider-Man font. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. So,
1: so everyone was like, okay, well like what's the plan with PS5? And then you know pundits were speculating like hey this is kind of impossible just because of the tech just because of the hardware because they swapped um their entire like method of like developing consoles with the ps4 because the ps4 was kind of like a revolution in terms of what sony was doing hardware wise yeah because
0: it was basically it's basically like developing on a for a computer like it's running like similar processes to what you get on a desktop and same with the xbox one so it was a big change from the kind of super complex, what was it, the the cell processor and the the cell slash RSX processor yeah. in the uh, the PS3, which was actually yeah. Nvidia based, funnily enough.
1: Whereas, for example, Microsoft, uh, the reason why they're able to do you know uh, such great things with in terms of backwards compatibility is because they're running basically the exact same essential like. Framework for how they develop, they've developed the console since the original Xbox up until now. They have like the same framework of of you yeah. know in terms of like how they build the system. They've
0: basically been using hard, like PC hardware. Yes, yeah. from for pretty much the whole Xbox journey, and it kind of makes sense. You know, Microsoft coming from a software point of view, it kind of makes sense that you'd prototype and work on things that would be easier to develop on. It's something that the Japanese companies probably very notorious for like sega and, and and playstation in recent years so i think it's refreshing to see that sony kind of smartened up and realized you know what how about we make this thing damned easy to work on because that was a big principle when the original ps1 came out yeah versus the nintendo 64 and the Saturn was how easy it was to develop on and then sony i don't know it's one of those things you became a giant you became mm-hmm. complacent right and became arrogant Yeah, but like, and it learnt its lesson with the PS3.
1: Also, it's important to remember that Mark Sony is the first American to ever like build PlayStation console from the ground up. So that's that's that has been like a a change not only in terms of like PlayStation, but also in terms of like Sony becoming more international than ever before. uh, By the time the PlayStation Four was set to 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 launch, uh, but anyway, Yeah. yeah, the Ubisoft, uh, you know, Ubisoft breaking the silence in terms of like backwards compatibility for PS5 beyond PS4 is not surprising to me because I never really felt like that was a possibility. Like, even though there were speculations, even even though we, we really wanted, it and I personally really want it. I'm more curious to see if all of my yeah. PS4 games will make will transition to PS5. Because Sony didn't tell us about about that either. So that's what I'm I'm curious. To see. Mark
0: Sony's briefing he said uh, Sony expects the top one hundred best selling games uh, the the top 100 kind of most popular games to work that's all he that's as far as sony went
1: yes but that's that, that's kind of not enough
0: that's it that's kind of
1: not enough yeah like, oh 100 like, percent like sony expects meaning that some of these games might have bugs well then okay it hasn't been tested yeah well then okay make a list okay well like let's let, let's see like is it going to be like a case-by-case basis okay well like what if like gta 5 which is like a monolith of a game Obviously, that's getting a, like, next-gen version, but what if if that has just, like, game-breaking bugs and you won't be able to take it to the PS5? Like, I need Sony to be specifically and extremely clear. Okay, these are all the games that work, no problems. Okay, these are the games that have some problems but are playable, and these are the games that you won't be able to bring. Apparently they've they've been yeah. kind of they've been kind of like uh optimistic about like potentially bringing more games than the top 100 so like extending it to the entire ps4 yeah. library but we don't know anything about it we, we we've literally heard nothing well
0: here's a principle in business in business they the principle is under promise over deliver <laughs> yeah. so Sony's just playing it very safe that's that's all I can really say all we can hope for is that you know, Sony surprises everyone, and I think it'll be a good surprise because, let's be honest, Microsoft's just run away with backwards yeah. compatibility since the Xbox 360, yeah. um, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, like, especially, like, uh, uh, just to just to clear up on the on the PlayStation side, especially as a PlayStation, um, you know, fan, mostly, I own Nintendo and Xboxes, but, like, I'm a mostly game on PlayStation. For me, like, it's been so disappointing to look at Microsoft and, and think, like, wow what they're doing is so amazing like i really want playstation to do this and they're trying they're trying to do that with playstation now but they're really like not not even close to what microsoft is doing yeah
0: and jim ryan said a couple of years ago back when sean Layden was still running uh, sony interactive entertainment but jim ryan who's running playstation right now uh, basically said who cares about backwards compatibility yeah how many people actually care about it And if that's the person who said that, and is now running PlayStation, that's what makes me worry.
1: Well, you know, like, that kind of falls in line with the entire PlayStation PS5 model of, like, we believe in generations. Like, they were pretty clear in terms of, like, for us, generations are particularly important. But Getting closer to Ubisoft again, coming back to Ubisoft, I guess. They've also scheduled their next Ubisoft Forward, which is planned for September 11 in Australia, yep. September 10 in the UK, Europe and America. So it's
0: 5am over here on the East Coast in Australia. Yeah. God damn it.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's probably like, uh, yeah. that, that means it's, uh, it's in the evening for the UK and Europe. Yeah, but uh, what makes me really excited about the CBS of Forward is that they're rumoured to show a Prince of Persia remake and I am a huge Prince of Persia fan and I've been waiting for this for years. Well, 12 so years I'm to be exact. I'm excited. But we'll get... We'll, we'll touch that in a sec. There's also a leak uh, saying that Immortals, Phoenix Rising... Which was previously known as Golden Monsters will also release this December. Oh, so
0: that thing, that game will still exist. It still exists. Yes.
1: Yeah, and it has a really bad title. But um, okay. but going back to Prince of Persia, so like. <sighs> yeah. I, I love that franchise. Like I grew up playing Sands of Time, Warrior Within, Two Thrones. I even went back to play the OG. I played the the Prince of Persia, like
0: the one. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I went down. I, wow. I love
1: it. Yeah, it's really good. And they have like a PlayStation. Uh, like they have a Prince of Persia Classic on the PlayStation Store. It's fantastic. I love it. I even like very much loved the the remake that they had like in two thousand and eight. I think that was, you know, the the very stylized remake. Yeah. I really loved that game. I think that's my favorite Prince of Persia so far. I even played the the Jake. Really? Yeah. And I even played the Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Gyllenhaal um Forgotten Sands kind of thing after the movie came out. Okay. <laughs> that was that was twenty uh, Wow. So yeah, it's been kind of, it's kind of been like t- a, a ten very long years in terms of Prince of Persia, and again, like I also love Assassin's yeah. Creed as well but i'm a prince of persia fan first and seeing how like this franchise that that you know like started as a prince of persia spin-off just like it's getting like yeah. game after game after game after game and then knowing prince of persia has kind of been like heartbreaking
0: for me i'm going to link you to a video and i think everyone at home if you guys are interested in prince of persia or even like video game documentaries Ars technica has a, an awesome video on its youtube channel Ooh, cool. uh, it's part of a series called war stories where as Technica goes and interviews, you know, creators and stuff from classic games. One of them is on Jordan Mechner, who's the creator of Prince of Persia. He goes into detail about what went into making the original game on the on the Apple Mac Two, as well as, on the Apple Two. Sorry, as well as what he did to update things for the the original game on PlayStation Two. So I'll I'll send you a link to that, and if everyone at home definitely, cool, definitely, cool. I'll I'll put a link in our uh, show notes. Um, so definitely check out that video if if you're a fan.
1: In terms of like this this upcoming remake, it's unclear to me what exactly it is. Like it's been leaked by a Guatemalan storefront, I think. Like there's yeah. a listing on a Guatemalan uh, like website. That's how we found about the remake. Obviously, there's been murmurs here and there. Yeah. But I'm still unclear whether or not it's a remake of *Sense of Time* or of the original. Or if it's a remake in the sense of like, oh no, this is just like a remake in the sense that the two thousand and eight one was. Like, are they like basing it on like already existing material, or are they doing something or,
0: new? Or could be like a re-release or an anthology yeah, or something. That's
1: that's what it's unclear to me.
0: I would really love to see a new, a new, a new game that has got the pedigree of the fluid movement that the the Prince of Persia and the Assassin's Creed games kind of carried through but more focus on the action side of things, because Assassin's Creed, like, it's just... Ubisoft has got plenty of open-world games, plenty of jump up on the tower, look at the horizon, oh my god, you've got a billion icons on the map. Ubisoft's got plenty of those games. I would love to see Ubisoft make a focused action game with really good 3D platforming, parkour and things like that, you know. Yes, Respawn Entertainment did that with the Titanfall series and Apex Legends. Like why are we relying on, you know, the other people are doing it incorporating it into their games? How about the original kind of the original platform, the f- you know, the action platform creators come back and make something awesome? That I would love to see that. Ubisoft, you need to do that. W- what do you think, Ed?
1: For me, it's like, whenever I think Prince of Persia, I think of, like, running off of walls, jumping off of walls, like, doing just, like, sick acrobatics and just being cool as shit and just, like, sending back time. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what I want back. I just want to, you know, like, I just want to run around. And, and for me, it's always about the mobility of Prince of Persia, not just the combat, just the mobility. Like, I remember in Warrior Within, I would, like, jump over enemies. I would, you know, like do all of these sick moves and that's what, what's attractive to me uh, in terms of like Prince of Persia and it follows like as you say this tradition of like parkourish type games with like Titanfall two and then Mirror's Edge. But I really want a game that is parkour but also yep. you have a sword in it. Uh, like that that really appeals to me. Because like Mirror's Edge you you know you, you throw your punches but like you, you you know like you're not you're not dealing damage. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. I'm I'm also interested because apparently this is a rumor chat um and rumor uh, to everyone listening like don't call me on this apparently this game is set to release this november which would be fantastic so probably just in time for next gen that's gonna
0: be a crazy turnaround
1: yeah we don't know anything other than that but uh, i'm super excited to see what's going on mm. i'll make sure to cover it yeah other projects uh, that might come out of ubisoft forward obviously we mentioned immortals phoenix rising it's been a while since we we saw that. Um,
0: a couple of years ago, I think. Now, E three, a couple of years ago, I think. Like right? two years ago. Well, I, I just yeah, I don't even know anymore.
1: Yeah, time is weird, isn't What's it? What's
0: time? Well, like <laughs> um,
1: yeah, earlier this year in January, like there was a, I think it was January. It was like there was a leaked footage of like a Google Stadia build of the game. Yeah, yeah, and it looks good. It looks good. Obviously. So everyone at home, like it really, like reminds me, and it reminds, reminded everyone of like uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So it's definitely in
0: that style. Yes, yes, yep, yep, and very derivative of that.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of all we knew about it, and even like to this point know about it. They've changed the titles from Gods and Monsters again, as we mentioned, to Immortals: Phoenix Rising, which is a horrible, horrible name, by the way.
0: They are both bad titles. Sorry.
1: But Phoenix is apparently the name of the protagonist, and she is tasked with, I think, bringing peace to the kingdom. It's based in a mythological setting, yeah. And you you'll be held by Zeus, Poseidon, I think they yeah. said in the press release. So I'm really curious. I love mythology. I love Greek yeah. mythology especially. So I'm, I I would be really curious. But I'm kind of weirded out by the fact that, you know, Ubisoft just literally put out Assassin's Creed Odyssey like what two years ago now. So, like, we already have like another yeah. Greek mythology game coming from them.
0: <laughs> well, this is like Lady of War or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Lady of War, Phoenix Rising. <laughs> yeah, other project they said will be at, at the forward uh, are obviously Watch Dogs, and I think some probably Just Dance as well. Has Has Just Dance came out? Come out? I don't I... think it has. Has it? Don't think so. No, I don't think so. So, so it'll probably make an appearance in, in some way, shape, or form. But surprisingly, yeah. the the big game not to be present at the forward is uh, Valhalla. Sanskrit Valhalla will not be at this Ubisoft forward. Presumably, also because a they had problems with obviously the game director sexual misconduct allegations and everything in, in that sense, and also b because they might want to hmm. make a Ubisoft forward dedicated to Valhalla uh, by the time that ga- that game comes out, potentially in October.
0: Yeah, yeah, people, they don't want to saturate it. It just needs to come out. That's all. Just just focus on other things, yeah. and you be so stable.
1: Yeah, but if they finish with a Prince of Persia remake announcement for November, I think, whew, I think, I think it'll be a really good
0: one. Mm. And Ed, you know, speaking of other projects, maybe ones that are colored red. What do you think about CD Projekt Red <laughs> taking The Witcher Three to PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X, including the content that was already available? on like the game of the year editions and stuff that's awesome so this is a really hype announcement this
1: has this has been just like i think the news of the week in terms of like feel good you know like customer based customer oriented move because again like you think about like backwards compatibility and like how Sony's struggling with that in particular and you look at like um remedies control which recently announced that they will have a next-gen edition but you will have to buy it again if you want to play it on the next-gen consoles which sucks which absolutely sucks especially for like or you get the
0: the ultimate edition which recent the recently released ultimate edition
1: yeah but like that obviously sucks for like day one adapters so like let's say if i you know if i were to buy control day one when that came out like on ps4 xbox and pc i would then have to buy it again to play it on next gen which to me as a as, as someone who supported control from day one, that is a blow to the face, that is you know like a punch to the face. our CD project red has always been good about saying, hey, we're very grateful for all of your support. we're very grateful for this and this is exactly how you 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 know you, you show you uh, that gratitude and how you like ensure that people know that anything that has a CD project, you know this is a very customer oriented move and that they ensure that everything that has a CD project like red brand name on it is a quality product. Like and you know we spoke about this uh, I think a few podcasts ago about the Nintendo seal of approval. Like n- you look now at the CD Project Red title and you're like I trust these guys because they've treated me super well in the past and they have for the longest time. And and to me the fact that yeah and to me the fact that Witcher three is an amazing game. I think and think in many ways the game of, of the past generation. You will get faster load times on it. You will get ray tracing on all platforms, including PC. And even if you have the standard edition, so. N- None of the other DLC, none of the expansions, you get all the content that was released with the Witcher 3. I think this is a phenomenal move. This is absolutely phenomenal. And I'll, I'll 100%, 100% get back into playing Witcher 3. Like, this wonderful news.
0: It's, it's a type of move that'll make you. I feel like it's a type of move that'll make you buy Witcher 3 in multiple platforms. Even if you're yeah. not going to play it, you just want to support. CD Projekt Red, so good on and, and good obviously
1: on for me, like I'm I'm from Romania, I'm from Eastern Europe. CD Projekt Red is a Polish-based developer. Incredible job, at, you know. Like they're one of the I, I think only AAA developers I know that that come from this region. And I'm like I'm thrilled. They get you know funding from the Polish government, and I'm I'm super thrilled to to see you know them do so many customer-oriented moves and be like just a, a powerhouse in terms of like gaming.
0: Yeah, I, c- I think CD Projekt Red from Poland and. Four A Games from Ukraine are the kind of the two main developers mm-hmm. from that part of the world that have really kind of stood out and and survived and kind of made big names for themselves. Obviously, CD Projekt Red is you know GOG is another big part of CD Projekt Red's kind of involvement in 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 the PC gaming space and, and in terms of consumer friendliness. So that that's that's another thing that we need to. I think people are too quick to sh- throw shit on companies, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes we need to turn around and give praise to companies that are doing things good because you might end up in a situation where people running the studio aren't exactly the type of people you want to ha- have hanging around, <laughs> which is the case with <sighs> Lab Zero Games and uh, the 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 studio head and, and effective studio owner, Mike Zaymont. For those of you who aren't familiar, basically Lab Zero Games is a developer behind Skullgirls and Indivisible. Now it doesn't own the IP to either of those games, but it did head the head development on both of those. And basically what's happened is that there's pretty much no one there at the studio now besides Mike Samont, mm-hmm. effectively. So I'll just just a quick recap. In June this year, Kotaku received reports from multiple employees, current and former accusing Mike Zaymont of misconduct. A month later, the actual community of Skullgirls, which is a fighting game community, basically issued a statement against Mike Zaymont and banned him from one of the big competitions which was a combo breaker. Then last month we had some high-level departures from the studio, so artist Brian Jun basically resigned and posted a lengthy account of what went on allegedly went on at the studio uh, and essentially saying that there was meant to be a deal in place that would transfer ownership from Mike Zaymont exclusively to kind of a shared equity status with all the employees of the studio then all the allegations came out and that deal fell through and effectively Mike said you know what I'm keeping power and at the end of the month (sighs) Zaymont allegedly sent out an email giving employees an ultimatum either you like e- if you're not happy with how things are things are right now if you're unsatisfied with my behavior or the way i do things you can leave and you've got till the end of the month and maybe you and there's some mention of a severance but we don't ac- exactly know the the specifics of the contract so that's all people like the creative director of indivisible mario um, leaving the studio and then uh jonathan kim who's another major artist kind of corroborating uh brian june's original kind of depiction of events that happened then autumn games and hit autumn games which is the ip holder for Skullgirls and the publisher and hidden variable which is the which is the developer of the mobile version of Skullgirls, <laughs> and then also 505 games which published indivisible like basically everyone said you know what we're separating ourselves from the studio and from Mike Zaymont and we're 100% behind the employees who've left and who've been affected by his behavior, his alleged behavior and now basically last week Zaymont confirmed to Kotaku that yes he did lay off everyone who was left at the studio besides himself effectively because quote unquote they were under too much debt essentially so they'll get health benefits till the end of the month I believe and it's it's just a shitty situation all around and it's if if all of these things are true that have happened this is not the way to run a studio and to look after the people who m- make your visions come to life I'm glad that we have companies like CD Projekt Red now touch wood that we don't hear an, uh, hear an allegation coming out of CD Projekt mm-hmm. Red and all sorts of horrible stuff but this is not We'd rather, we want more CD Projekt Reds and less Lab Zero games and nothing against the people who work there but it seems like the leadership, the one person in particular uh, wasn't exactly the type of person we want to see in our industry and it's definitely not a place to create a creative environment and get the best games that we all deserve so best of luck to all the employees who've left and have been laid off and uh, yeah we'll We'll keep an eye out and, and see what's happening there.
1: Moving past like what happened with Ubisoft and like what we discussed in episode 9, at least you know my silver lining is that we, we at least flushed all of these people out and then we, we move on. And, uh, you know, a, a, into creating a, sa- a safe and better space
0: for everyone. And that's the thing, a lot of these people said basically I wasn't going to say anything until Brian stood down and, and made it public, you know, his account of what happened and people came forward and... Now we're here we're in a situation where people are getting to tell their stories and people are getting heard that's what we need you know you' you're not alone in these situations, and there are people there to support you so you know that that's that's the thing out of out of the negative comes some positive and it's it's the best way to move forward and get some change so that's that's a good that's a good good place to be right now yeah okay so that wasn't the most fun of stories and they they never are but how about we end on something a bit more positive? What's happening in the world of Mario, the world of the Mushroom Kingdom, so to speak? Tell us, Ed. Tell us.
1: So uh, Nintendo surprise dropped a um, Super Mario oriented direct this past week. Obviously, if um, you know, to everyone following the in- the industry, the rumors of like a three D Mario collection has have been about for like years now, probably like two years, I think but they f- they finally did it um, we now know that 3D all stars is coming our way plus some extra few announcements but i think the biggest the biggest story here is about the you know the the Premier 3D uh, collection so super mario 3D all stars is a game coming to the switch which com- which compiles super mario 64 sunshine yep. and galaxy 1 and just one yeah not two uh it Why? sets a release oh. uh, it sets it sets a release like i think next week already which is insane yeah The really big caveat here is that Nintendo is creating artificial scarcity by saying that you can only ever buy this product until March 31st 2021, which is also, incidentally, the end of the fiscal uh, year in Japan.
0: It's so weird. It's just... It seems like artificial scarcity for no apparent reason. Like, why? It's gonna sell anyway.
1: So, like, my theory, and what I've written on, on about it in the uh, digested that this is the disney this is the disney um you know like perspective the vault situation the disney approach of like if you make this happen especially with next gen consoles coming up we are twice as likely to sell a like a bucket load of, of copies and make no mistake everyone like this game will sell hot cakes but i think nintendo is a really good business despite whatever we, we, we say every time, like, they've recently like risen up to being the most valuable company in the entirety of Japan. Wow. Like, the number one in Japan right now, which is insane, right? So they're, they're a company. They need to satisfy their stakeholders. They might not have, like, um, a big holiday game. And they, if this turns out to be their big holiday game, this is a move, this is a very aggressive move that will ensure that even though there's competition in terms of next-gen from Sony and Microsoft Nintendo might still come on top so like don't be surprised if on Black Friday you see that you know PlayStation 5 is selling out you see your Series X is selling out and then the number one game title on the charts will be Super Mario 3D All-Stars.
0: I think it's telling that the cutoff for purchases is the end of the financial year I think for Nintendo of America so I think that's a bit yep. on the nose in terms of oh uh, well Surprise! This game sold very well, and our quarterly results are up on last year, <laughs> despite the launch of new consoles. That's, uh, I don't know, Nintendo. I, I, I just, it bums me out. That that part really bums me out. And also, why no, Galaxy Two? And there's, an, I hope it's something like you can if you clock all three games. So if you finish all three games, you, you get all the platinums or whatever. You earn all the stars, and then you unlock a special. You know, special mode. Oh, look! Surprise! It's Galaxy Two. But I don't feel like Nintendo is going to do that.
1: Oh, there's no chance. Zero percent chance of that. Like, don't even think about it. Like, they they will find a way to eventually come out with Galaxy Two and sell sell it to you for sixty dollars. Like, this this you know, it makes too much financial sense because because again people will buy it, you know, like, we always say, like, vote with your wallet, but, like, in reality, we do enable them to pull pull this kind of stuff because of, because Super Mario 64 is one of the best games ever made, period. Because Sunshine is perhaps not the best 3D Mario game, but it's still an incredible, incredible game. Because Galaxy is the best game on the Wii, or Galaxy 2, like, we will still buy these yeah. products, and, like, to me, I think, like, my, my conspiracy theory in terms of, like, why Galaxy 2 isn't happening is because they want to, like, Get rid of the idea that that an Odyssey 2 is a possibility. Like that's what I was thinking when like I was watching that presentation. Because they have at at the end of the direct, they have a montage of all the Super Mario games of the of the past 35 years, and it's a wonderful montage, but you know the game that's missing from there? Galaxy 2. Why? Because it's the only direct sequel to a Mario game beyond like uh, Super Mario and the Lost Levels yeah. and Super Mario Two and Three. Be- beyond the originals, it's the only like modern 3D Mario platformer that ever got a numbered sequel. Yeah. So in my mind, I think I think this move is to make people go like, "Hey, don't even think about All the Don't even think about it." And then, mm. if they reveal All the City, they'll be like. But you can play Galaxy 2 if you pre-order, and, yeah, and yeah. that's it. That's how yeah. they get us. That's what. That, that's that's how they do. Jesus it.
0: Christ, Dan. I thought we were going to end on a positive note.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's 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 still end on a, on a positive note. Like uh, Super Mario 3D World uh, plus Bowser's Fury is a sweet remake. I think that's an underrated game, personally. It it's, it gets online co-op. Potentially 60 FPS because it looks faster. Yeah. Super Mario All-Stars, which is a wonderful collection, which appeared on the SNES. It's now available for everyone that has a Nintendo Switch Online membership. I've actually played that. Uh, I guess I'm getting that. (laughs) And it's really, really good. Like, play, chat, uh, play, uh, you know, listeners. I keep saying chat because I think I'm on the stream still. (laughs) <laughs> the very top from, Discord. from yeah. The streams, yeah. Uh,
0: sorry, you're on you're on Twitch. Yeah,
1: and then uh, Super Mario 3, uh, 35 is a battle royale. That's hilarious. Like, in the start of Tetris 99, and that's hilarious. And uh, my perspective is like, you know what? Go, wi- go wild, Nintendo. Go wild, Nintendo. Just do whatever. I'll play it. Well, if it's bad, I'll I'll rant about it. If it's like good, I'll just like praise you to to heaven and back. You know, like a really really cool. Uh,
0: yeah, but again, it's also time limited to March.
1: Uh, but at least this is free. At least this is free.
0: But you know what? That could prime us for a proper battle royale in, in the in the Mario kind of like a imagine like a Super Mario Maker style battle royale.
1: Oh no! I don't want that. No. I will see that next holiday. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Ah. oh no! 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 <laughs>
1: Definitely <laughs> not next holiday. No, I don't want that. That to be the mar- the marquee <laughs> in the for next holiday. Oh no! <laughs> no, no! 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 But. My 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 positive uh, note to end on is that this direct in my mind made possible Breath of the Wild for this year, the, the, the sequel to Breath of the Wild for this year. Why? And this is my this is my zany like conspiracy theory. My second one. Okay, okay,
0: whoa! Tell me, you got to explain that. You can't just pull that out of nowhere.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So like, think about it, right? So uh, all stars in is Nintendo style for September. It comes out next week. It is going to rule September, right? Pikmin three. Uh, the switch port is going to be nintendo's october title we know that 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 has been announced earlier in the summer so what's what's november then what is november but bread of the wild 2 right like come on it makes perfect sense what's the holiday game yeah what is the holiday game it's not it's not prime 4 because that's still in development we haven't seen Breath it of the
0: Wild 2 in november
1: uh, hey hey wow. i'm just saying i'm just saying there's if there's an inch of a chance, I'll take it. There's, if there's 100... One, 1% chance, I'll still better than zero. That's what I'm
0: saying. Okay, uh, you know what? I hadn't even considered Breath of the Wild 2 at this point, but... I, I'd probably... Here's my kind of speculation would be... Maybe we don't get Breath of the Wild 2 released in November, but we get it fully revealed in November for a March release next year. You know what I mean? All right. So that gets you... So you've got all the Mario games, you've got Pikmin and stuff to get people buying the console plus the the tease of a new Breath of the Wild 2 to get a new set of players involved in... in like, kind of, you know, it's, it's like, I'm going to buy it now. I'm seeing good deals right now. There's Mario, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I know Breath of the Wild 2 is going to come out in a, couple of, in, in a couple of months. I might as well buy it now and just wait for it. You know what I mean? I, I can see that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially with the rumors of like the Switch Pro coming out early next year. Like that can be a possibility. Yeah. But then what's November? What's November? I need to know Nintendo. Let me know. <laughs> Email us Nintendo. <laughs>
0: Metroid Prime 4. Oh, <laughs> uh, who know? Maybe it's going to be an actual Lego Super Mario. A uh, like, game? Uh, who knows. Uh, uh, Maybe.
1: That would be soul crushing. No. I want I, I I need something <laughs> this November. Nintendo help me out here.
0: It's going to have to say content with the Super Smash Brothers tournaments? Oh yeah. <laughs> we could just run around in the, the Puma Super Mario themed sneakers. They look, they look pretty nice, I have to admit. Like, <laughs> I, I do like that. That's true. That, that, they do. I'm not gonna lie, they do. I, I'm a sucker for anything video game that I can wear. I hope we can actually buy them, because I feel like the PlayStation sneakers and stuff, they yeah. just disappeared.
1: Yeah, I was I was bummed out because they, they revealed that mm. you can get some pins if you do some surveys. So I was like, yeah, I'll do I'll do a survey for a set of Mario pins for sure. Then I was like, oh, US only, and I'm like, uh, okay, fine, all
0: right. Oh, oh like, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, well, I hate that. I really hate that when they do that. <laughs> uh, but plenty of stuff happened in the gaming world last week, and we can only touch on so many things. In, in, in the episode, so if you guys want to know exactly, you know, what happened last week, including uh, the the new Destiny reveals, I would highly recommend, yep. and I know you would too, Ed, to check out our latest Double Jump Digest, which we just went up uh, on Sunday, so definitely check that out, doublejump.co and, as always, if you've got questions, you know, about the topics we've discussed today, definitely hit us up at podcast at doublejump.co tell us what's on your mind and, and how you're feeling about it. Because I want to know how good Tony Hawk is. You no, know, I, I want to know how good that game is.
1: Ah, oh, I, I bet it's really good. I bet it's really good. Oh, I, I, I'm looking at footage and I'm like, oh, this looks good. I want to buy it. BS. <laughs> yes,
0: if you guys want to see more of us, you can definitely go over to our social media profile. So doublejump.co slash links for all of the links to Instagram, Facebook and stuff to see our schedule for the week. And if you do like what you're hearing, do like what you're seeing, and you do like what you're reading, Jesus Christ, we've got a lot of content. Please do consider supporting us on Patreon. We always appreciate the help. Mm -hmm. Always appreciate it when you guys, you know, come on board and put 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 a coin in the tip chart. That's always appreciated. So thank you. Thank you to our patrons who make things, you know, happen every week. So yeah, Ed, we've come to the end of another episode. Is there anything that you wanted to point out? Anything we haven't touched on so far?
1: So it's afternoon in the UK at the time of, of recording on a Monday and this uh, this morning at 9am Kotaku UK published an article saying that Kotaku UK, the localized branch of Kotaku US will be shutting down because apparently a UK website that was uh, uh, made possible because of Future Publishing, which owns the license for the brand and the content yeah. for the UK side in particular. But unfortunately, as it seems, Future has decided not to renew the license yeah. when it expires this Wednesday, meaning that this marks the end of the current incarnation of Kotaka UK. Yeah. So like after Wednesday, what will mo- most likely happen is that the license will go back to GeoMedia. To Geomedia yeah. And so the US-based Kotaka will continue to operate and produce content. And as of right now, we are unsure if if whether or not Kotaku UK will continue in any shape, way, or form. But at least at the moment, this current incarnation is set to close down. A huge shout out to all the, all the people who've worked at Kotaku UK in the past years and are working now, who unfortunately will be losing their jobs, it seems yeah, like. Sadly. Uh, I love Kotaku. I've been reading the content for years, especially uh, Kotaku UK. So this is, uh, this is yeah. a sad story. But hopefully, my hope is that they will they will come back in some way, shape or form and better than ever.
0: And that's the thing. With Geo Media holding the license right now, it's unclear whether or not it has plans to maybe kind of bring back Kotaku UK in some sort of different form in the future. But it's sad at the moment to see all these people, talented people let go. I mean, it's a tough time throughout the world and, and a lot of people are suffering and losing a job at a time like this is... or is, uh, you know, a shit situation to be in. Uh, it's sad that the games industry, like in terms of games and media, is kind of shrinking in a lot of ways. In terms yeah. of the traditional journalistic role and, you know, people like influencers and YouTubers and stuff, they're they're kind of gaining in po in, in, in popularity and and size, but like the traditional journalists, so to speak, their their numbers are kind of you know, getting getting lower and lower every year. Yeah. But we wish them the best of luck. We hope that everyone who's been involved with Kotaku UK is lands on their feet and some finds something new. You know, always we hear we want to send our you know well wishes and stuff to all their families as well. So fingers crossed, you guys all bounce back and yeah. we're sure you will.
1: And and just like a, as a closing neat statement, you know, my take on this is like to everyone listening is support your you know support free journalism support high quality journalism in any way you can either by you know just listening like you are to to a podcast that they mm. might produce or like giving a like on a youtube video or even like obviously read, uh, reading what they've written like every little bit helps like you know yeah if you're looking for ways to help just just be there like you've been for us this week in particular with uh, uh, our streams on twitch
0: and we understand that not everyone wants to pay for a subscription you know everyone gets annoyed whenever there's like a website and you got to pay to read an article and kind of the way around it is that you know yeah for the websites that that rely on advertising and things like that you know please do consider whitelisting those websites like e- even us you know we're we we all kind of volunteer here all the money that gets raised by double jump goes straight into double yeah. jump you know and and jake who's the editor in chief he's he'll you know he can show the numbers to say this is where the money's going <laughs> that's, that's yes yeah. Everything sure, yeah. we're 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 doing this just to share our stories, celebrate this this passion that we all have. So I think Yeah. Please do consider whitelisting sites like ours and, you know, Kotaku and Eurogamer. It's the only way to keep these sites up and running, so definitely definitely consider supporting in, in however way whatever way you can. But Ed, thank you for joining me for another week. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, I'm sorry that this week wasn't as Upbeat as we hope, but I think it's just the, the way the world is right now that a lot of I don't know. I feel like we're kind of like we the world's kind of going through a purge of a lot of bad stuff right now, and maybe this is what we need so we can kind of remember, yeah, the good times and remember that we need to be the positivity that we want to oh see, yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe we need to create that positivity and not rely on it to come from somewhere else,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, and you know, obviously we're here for you listeners through the yep. thick and, and the thin so every week you know through the good and the bad we'll be here for you so you know just love each other take care of, of one another and uh, all the best from,
0: from me stay safe call call your friends call your family you know you can't see each other right now but you know give them a call or shoot them a message see how they're doing and and listen don't be silly just you know stay safe and you know enjoy some awesome content on here you know, feeling well. You know, feeling in the in the best of moods. Come watch one of our streams. I'm sure we'll cheer you up in like two seconds, because we'll be doing something ridiculous. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. Look out for one another. Stay safe.
1: See everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.